Welcome to another episode of the Open Doors Live podcast with your hosts, Mike Gore, James Cazina, and Jocelyn Gotto. For more information, head over to opendoors.org.au or opendoors.org.nz. Here's today's episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Open Doors Live podcast. It's Mike Gore here sitting in the studio and... Can you believe it? We're already in May. I want to take a minute to thank you guys for all of the ways you've supported our ministry. Some of you this year have invited us to speak in your churches, signed up to receive our magazines and prayer guides. Some have become monthly supporters through our Frontline Partner Program, and others have simply donated to our work. So I want to say a huge thank you for supporting all that we do. Many of you will know that last month we did one with them, a campaign where we asked people to take their faith from their private life to their public life, donate one day's wage to the persecuted church and stand shoulder to shoulder with people all over the world who share our faith but not our freedom. And more than 800 people joined us in that right across Australia and New Zealand and in doing so, we raised over $180,000. But you know what? I'm sure many of you will remember At Easter, the time we asked you to do this, a time of intense persecution for Christians, it also happened that the Sri Lankan church bombings occurred. I couldn't think of a better, a more horrifying or more tragic sign as to why One With Them matters. So thank you so much for being involved in that campaign. We're excited to do it again next year because Easter is such a crucial time for the global body of Christ. But today... We're going to shake things up a little bit. I've handed over control of our podcast to the Open Doors Denmark team. They're great friends of mine, and they got to sit down with another woman who's impacted my life greatly. Her name is Helen Bahane. And for those of you who know me, you will often hear me say a quote or a statement that says, Jesus Christ is the medicine of the world and he must be shared. Well, that quote came from Helen. She's a woman who spent two and a half years locked inside an irritrained shipping container, not because Christianity was illegal, but because sharing her faith was illegal. As I sat with Helen, she told me that all she needed to do to be released was sign a piece of paper that said she will not share Jesus. And insultingly, I said to her, well, Helen, why didn't you sign the piece of paper? I mean, you could read your Bible, you could sing, you could worship, you could pray at home. Why didn't you sign the piece of paper? And without missing a beat, she looked straight back at me and she said, because Mike, Jesus Christ is the medicine of the world and he must be shared. But enough from me. I hope you're all impacted by this episode. Open Doors Denmark, you have control. Over to you. But one guard, he led us far from this madhouse. So I saw around 23 metal shipping containers. But one guard, he opened one container to us, pushing us in. So we are asking, uh, where is the light? He says, no, there is no light. Okay, what about toilet? No. Also on the floor, there is maggots, but I don't know why it's maggots inside the container. It's extremely cold in the night, it's extremely hot in the day. The room was very quiet, and they asked me, what can we do? I told them, yeah, the only thing we can do is to sing. In Eritrea, in the middle of nowhere, are 23 ship containers placed. 
and inside one of these containers sits Helen, singing. She has been ripped of her freedom, tortured and beaten, and her response? Singing. She can't stop singing. And why, you might ask, why is she singing? Well, I'm about to find out, and if you stay tuned for this podcast, you're going to find out as well. My name is Milan. I work at Open Doors Denmark. We live to serve the persecuted church. And this is their story. I meet Helen in an old building called Bethesda. It is lunchtime, and the dining room is filled with around 50 people with different nationalities. Helen seems to know most of them. She's well-liked, I can tell, and I understand why. She's that kind of a person who asks you a second time if you are sure you don't want anything to eat, and the type of person who calls you four hours after an interview, just wanting to hear if you got home safely. Eventually, we find a place to sit. She with a cup of tea, me with a glass of water. Yeah, um, my name is Helen Brhanen. I came from Eritrea, East Africa. Uh, I was born in Asmara, capital city of uh, Eritrea. So when I was eight years old, I started to attend an Orthodox church because of my grandmother. Because my grandmother, she is an um, amazing woman, still she's alive. So I saw her when she prayed all the time. Helen's mom and dad are in prison for political reasons. And Helen, being eight years old, asked her grandmother to go with her to church in order to pray for her parents' release. So she's shocked. She says, yes, of course. So I start praying, yeah, God, can you release my mom and my dad? Kind of. So I understand something is higher, something is bigger. So my mom and my dad, they release from prison. So my dad built a new house. So we moved there and I started to attend in a Catholic church. Helen's childhood seems ordinary. She grew up in the middle class with her parents and two sisters and had a grandmother who lived 30 minutes away. Her childhood home would smell like flowers, and once in a while, when it would rain, the mixture of water and dirt would send out a fragrance that would fill her with peace. So the, when it's rain, it gives you something. Even I feel it here when it's rain. I don't know how the smell comes. But yeah, it gives me yeah deep feeling. As a child, Helen would describe herself as being active. Never sitting, but always standing. Never walking, but always running. So sometimes the family is tired because, yeah, when you close the door, I am jumping by window. Also, I'm singing all the time from young age. Also, when I go to the church, if the priest preaching something, so the next day, it will come like song. So all the time, I have this kind of melody and early in the morning, also when I go to school, the whole way with new 
melody. So I record it sometimes in the tip, as a tip. Singing becomes a way of communicating with God, her way of worshipping. She shares with me the story of the priest Zechariah from the Gospel of Luke, how he spent every day in the house of God, worshipping and waiting for answers to his prayers. But all the time he's in the house of God. So when you are all the time in the house of God, one day you can receive your answer. So every day I'm yeah, singing, singing, singing from young age. Helen begins to read the Bible and other Christian books, and she begins to listen to sermons on cassette tapes. So, um, suddenly, it's kind of a revelation in my mind. Uh, who can preach the gospel? Because when I read all the time about Paul, how he's preaching the gospel without any fear, or all the disciples. So I start asking, who can preach the gospel? Helen begins to go around everywhere with her Bible, on the street, the cafe, well, almost anywhere. She claps her hands to get the attention and then begins to preach the gospel. Just, I told them, just, you need to back to Christ. Yeah, without Christ, we can't do nothing. All the time when I'm in this kind of huge, uh, uh, kind of collecting people, always the government come and interrupt you. So when I finished, they took me to the police station. Once when I'm preaching in the hospital, they took me to police station for 11 days without any enough air. So they chained me by chain. It's very small, uh, solitary confinement. Yeah, they, they tell you just to stop. This keeps happening over and over again. Helen, now being almost 20 years old, shares the gospel everywhere she goes. And then the police arresting her and telling her to stop. I remember I said to my dad, Dad, it's in the Bible. Paul, when he preached the gospel, they tortured him, they beat him. But it's kind of it's normal in the Bible. So why you are afraid? If it is in the Bible, it can happen. When Helen is in her mid-twenties, the government decides only to recognize four different religious groups. Protestant, Catholics, Orthodox, and Sunni Islam. The Rima church Helen is a part of is being shut down. So when the church shut down, it's, it was not easy for us because it's a huge revival at that time in Rima church. So I decided to record one CD in 2003 also one film with one singer. The title says, The cure for the world is the gospel. So I start teaching young people, real underground. They are around 19 something young people. It's 2 a.m. So I don't know how they found out. They come and they torture me very badly. So they found the CD and film. So they took me to 6th uh, Division police station. 
So the next day, they decide to send me to military prison. They are very uh, young people, crying, shouting. That area is very bad area. So I stayed there for three weeks. Three weeks with no rest, a small prison cell for a lot of people, beatings, and a prison guard tying together your hands and feet and throwing you down onto the floor. Next morning they decide to send me far, more far, from the military prison. So when we arrived there we saw madhouses. So I thought they put us in this madhouse, but one guard, he lead us far from this madhouse. So I saw around 23 metal shipping containers. But one guard, he opened one container to us, pushing us in. So we are asking, uh, where is the light? He says, no, there is no light. Okay, what about toilet? No. Also on the floor, there is maggots, but I don't know why it's maggots inside the container. If somebody get diarrhea, the whole room is smell diarrhea, but most of the time it's urine. So the first day around one o'clock, the container was very hot. So you can't lie on the container. All of us gathering in the middle. So you feel dizzy. Plus, because of the humidity, you, you get headache. So just I'm sitting in the middle. I have no idea what can happen. The room was very quiet. And they asked me, what can we do? I told them, yeah, the only thing we can do is to sing. You couldn't see each other? No, it's very hard, but... Uh, before you go to, to sleep, it's not bed because it have not anything, just only blanket. Darkness. Complete pitch black darkness. So um, then extreme When I began researching on Helen's story, I couldn't stop thinking about being locked inside a ship container. What was it like? How did it sound and what did it smell like? And what do you do when you are covered in complete pitch black darkness? So I decided to do some research. I meet up with Paul in Aarhus in Denmark. Paul rents and sells containers and he has agreed to lock me inside a ship container for a couple of minutes. And that is the sound of Paul locking me inside the ship container. It's so dark in here, I can't even see my hands moving and I can't sense the walls or I can't sense the ceiling. The container is cold and the air heavy and I walk with one arm stretched out taking one step at a time. I walk around in the dark for a couple of minutes then I think about Helen. I try to imagine her sitting in the corner singing for the others. All 
the time it's come new songs, new melody, also from my CD. The non-believers ask me all the time to sing. So when I'm singing in the evening, so they fell in sleep. So I understand because we are in huge dark, in poor condition. No enough food. It's very hot in the day, cold in the night, maggots or dark and this uh, awful toilet or many things I can understand. But we worship God. It's not because our pocket is full or not. We worship him because he gave us internal life. That is my understanding. So just, yeah, we sing. The only solution is now to sing. So I start singing by uh, Tigrinya. Thank you for the toilet. Thank you for the lies. Thank you for everything I mentioned. Can a song save your life? I think it can. And Helen knows it can. She asks me if I want to hear her thank you song. And I say, of course. <laughs> We sit there, both of us, in a tiny room. Helen sings with her eyes closed. I can see she's back in the container again. But she doesn't seem afraid. Or traumatized. She seems to be at peace. So, when we sing, the guards rush to the container because in that area it's kind of a dead area. Nobody saying anything because of huge fear. So when they hear this kind of song in the middle of container, they shock. <laughs> so they open this container. Who is who is singing? Who is singing? So they took me first outside and they beat me a lot. They have this police stick. Oh, wow. So when they beat you, you feel like fire in your body. You are the whole day in the sun, in the day, they chain you like this. Also, they have this kind of rope. So the whole your hand is kind of red and bigger, bigger, bigger. It's very scary. But we stay around one month, day and night, day and night. So in the day, it's extremely sun. Also, they ask you sometimes to see the sun by your eyes. So you burn all your face. Torture and beatings become a part of everyday life. And everyday life become months, and months become seasons. She sends letters to people from the other containers, and they send letters back to her. Once, they, when they found a letter, so they beat me until the stick cut into small pieces in my body. Just I'm sitting there and they torture me a lot. So the whole day I stay there. So I'm hoping they can send me back in the night. But they put me in one very bad container to have a lot of holes. 
thoughts come all kind of small animals. So it's very dark, I can't see anything. So they don't allow me to have any sheet or blanket, nothing. The whole night I'm uh, freezing. So I sing a new song. The months go by and the guards tell Helen to sign a paper where she denies her faith. Helen refused to sign the document and is sent to a new container with a mentally ill woman. So this was the hardest in prison because you can't control her. Also, they don't give her any medi medication. I asked them in the beginning, did she have any medicine to sleep in the night? No. If you want, just sign and go home. So I understand what they are doing. So I kept staying with her, even though she beat me and I can't eat. When you start eating, she came and push it. It is very heavy and harsh, but I stay with this woman for 10 months. The nice thing, uh, she don't say anything to the girls about my Bible. You had a Bible in? in yes, in it's not allowed. So, yeah, they try to control everything. That's why they put me in metal shipping container. But always, Bible is with me. I read it 15 times, one five, 15. And also, you read it all the time to teach others. So this woman, <laughs> she didn't say anything about that. The mentally ill woman is released after 10 months, and Helen gets ready for whatever might come next. Eventually, the guards find a letter Helen had written. So they ask me, Helen, how do you write this? So they are surprised. How you remember these words? How you write these many pages? So you have the Bible, you need to give us the Bible. So I told them, I have no any Bible. How do you remember? Yeah, it's in my mind. Oh, okay, so we can destroy them. So they start beat me a lot in my head to destroy it. So I feel dizzy. So this, all the containers, they start shouting, screaming. So they stop it. So they kick me until my container. So I told him, the, the high authorities, if they come around my container, I will tell them about the gospel. I'm not ashamed of that. So he's like, just we kill you now, blah, blah. She's, he's very shouting. So just I keep silent. So he start beat me. They start from here, but this police stick. So you feel kind of fire, and your body starts uh, shaking and voluntary and voluntary. So I, he told me, Helen, you need to stop saying Jesus. Even he's not uh, a believer. He's nothing. So I, I'm shocked when he asked me that. So I told him, no, in one head, only one mouse. We have only one mouse. I accept him until this. So I can't change my mind. I can't change my mouse. When I say this, he's kind of shouting more. 
So finally, he's very exhausted. And he asked me, Helen, what do you think? So I'm amazed. I don't know why I don't feel any hatred. So the words I read before, like um, when Stephen, they torture him until this, he says, they didn't know what they are doing, forgive them. Even Jesus himself, he says, yeah, forgive them. So when I saw him, I don't feel any uh, hatred for this guy. If he know, he can't torture me like that. But I'm hoping one day he will come to God to say, we didn't know, we torture you. So when he asked me, what do you think, Helen? Yeah, you did your job. Also, I'm doing my job. Both of us, we are doing okay. We are doing fine. He's shouting and he called one girl. I don't need to see this woman. Can you remove her, remove her? The next day, Helen is dragged away by a guard. I'm totally damaged inside. I think I'm pass away soon. So just I'm sleeping on the floor. So I start singing a song just uh, when you die. Or if somebody die in my country, we sing this kind of song. The beating continues. And Helen, being unable to walk, is dragged back into her container. Her body is bloody and swollen, and inside the ship container, she prepares herself to die. Eventually, she passes out and is moved to another facility to be examined. So they send me to the madhouse, they call it a clinic. So in that madhouse, I get conscious many times. So the nurse, he opened my clothes to see what is happening. Yeah, he, he's shocked. Even I'm shocked. When I saw it, my body is like red and blue. Also bleeding all over. So he's standing. So what can I do? He's crying and he called the one he tortured me. So I think she will die in the night. So they are discussed a lot in the night by hidden. They put me in the container. And just like that, Helen is back in a container. So I stay for long with this kind of pain, no medication. Yeah, I stay with this pain for eight months. So after eight months, the guard also, he asked us to lie down on the floor for torture. So this woman, she says, please, you can torture us, but don't torture Helen, because she have still pain. He don't care. So he beat us a lot on the floor. So finally they say she will die. So they send me to military hospital in the city. So later on they decide to stay in my family house because they don't want you to die in that kind of hospital. After two and a half years locked inside a ship container, Helen 
is finally able to see her family again. But how was it for you to see your family again, to see your daughter? Wow, wow. Because it's kind of a um, miracle. Yeah. Also, people came to visit, so people crying because, as I told you, I'm very active. Yeah. So to see I'm sitting at home and uh, with pain, it's not easy for my family and for friends. So when they cry, it's not allowed to cry. Helen finally decides it's time to leave Eritrea. And she flees to Sudan. So in the airport they ask me, did you endure in the war? They told me, because there are many women also uh, get injured in the war. So I didn't say anything, just I keep silent. I'm okay. Okay. So, but I'm afraid if they recognize me or something, my face, but it's miracle. So when I arrive in Sudan, I feel like I'm in heaven. <laughs> so it took me a long time. Uh, all the time I feel I'm in prison. So when I wake up in the morning, I'm free. So every day I thank God, I'm free. <laughs> every day, I'm free. One woman from Open Doors, she came to Sudan to visit me. So I'm surprised because when you are inside the prison, you didn't know people caring about persecution. We didn't know that. So I asked her, how do you find me? She find me because of the church in Sudan. So yeah, when you are in prison, we have been praying. So I'm so happy. I feel like, yeah. Uh, amazing so uh, she gave me uh, different kind of uh, vitamins they have this uh, when you have been for a long time in prison they have uh, kind of protein minerals different kind of vitamins so you can start to uh, function again Helen eventually gets an asylum in Denmark and moves there with her daughter. Today she is free. She tells me that her experience had made her stronger and that while she is free, others are not. Eritrea is positioned as number six on the world watch list, a list which ranked the 50 countries where it is most difficult to profess and practice the Christian faith. Christian men and women have been detained for years in containers and are tortured daily because of their faith. If you want to support the Christians in Eritrea, you can go to our website opendoors.org and see how you can help by either making donations or pray with us for the persecuted church. And if this podcast somehow have touched you or taught you anything, please share it with your friends and family. And lastly, to my question, why did Helen sing while everything was taken from her? 
just if it is good time or bad time, I start to worship God because always I say, He is my um, owner, He is my God, I'm a, His servant. So I understand this kind of thing. I, I don't judge God why you did this or He knows what He's doing. Thanks for listening to Open Doors Live with your hosts, Mike Gore and James Kazina. Because of your support, we're able to bring the persecuted church to life. For more information, head over to opendoors.org.au.